Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com, where stuff is happening, Tate. Things are going places. Uh, we it, It's an exciting time in the sports calendar. Football is back. Multiple sources are, are, have confirmed it. Uh, college football is, in fact, back. NFL football, kind of back mm, this week. Close. Is it back yet? Is one more day. Count is back? Or September 6th. Okay, one more day. It'll yes. be back. Um. Yeah, a lot of a lot of podcasts going on on the Ringer Podcast Network. We have the new Ryan Rosillo dual threat, where he talks about all things football. Um, only American football, though, I believe. Only only the stuff happening in America, but uh, all things American football. We have the Bill Simmons podcast doing guest lines. I was listening to that with Sal. Uh, as someone who has not followed football for a very long time and also doesn't gamble, it's shocking how much I I find that podcast entertaining. Those two guys, and also Kyle, Kyle making appearances on guest lines. Oh yeah, good job, Kyle. Making doing research, you know. Yeah, dude, are you are you producing Rosillo's podcast too? Yeah, I am. It's only a matter of time. Oh god, before so I we're drop never going to see you. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet, we're never we're never going to see Kyle again. This is great. This is fantastic. He's uh, th- this might be the last podcast that Kyle ever does with us. Uh, also, the NFL show, the Ringer NFL show, which is a a feed that we have on the ringer.com that has multiple shows Tate one of which you host with Mike Lombardi called GM Street yes and they're they're gonna just gonna keep adding shows on top of our show now we, our show is like a multi-show so there's just shows on shows so uh get in get in line uh it is the inception <laughs> of podcasts if you think you're on GM Street you may not be because another one's coming up next uh it's a lot of fun a lot of football talk Lombardi's loving it so uh please go check it out GM Street thanks Titus thanks for plugging folks me. It, folks if you like football I have a place for you. It's called theringer.com. Uh yeah. All good stuff. Uh I'm I'm excited to see. Um I'm excited to follow everybody and then make fun of you guys for not knowing what you're talking about. It's fun to be on the fan side of things, you know? Like I come on this podcast and I have to be the expert and I have to fire off the takes and all that kind of stuff. It's fun to listen to like football and to to like NFL stuff and I have no opinions on anything and then listen to people be wrong and then throw it back in your face. That's really fun. It's a fun experience for me because I'm usually on the other end of that. So excited to do that this year. Check all of that out. Today, Tate and I are, uh, we we have a little grab bag for you. As always, it is the off season, but the the Rick Pitino book came out. We're going to offer our thoughts on that right off the bat. Um, I should mention though, we, we are not diving into it. So if you're listening to this and you're like, shit, I haven't had enough time to read the book. Don't worry. We are not going to do the official book club until next week. But I do have some thoughts because I bought the book and and I'm very excited about this. I'm excited about Patino's tour that he's going on. We're going to dive into all that. We're going to take this podcast a million different directions. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate. Labor Day is over. It is. We're recording this on Wednesday. We actually got pushed back a day because uh, Labor Day kind of threw off the schedule. Basically, Kyle is producing a thousand different podcasts, and he was like, "You guys are at the bottom of my list, and I have all these other pods to do, so uh, we have to push you back a day, which is fine. We understand it. Um, hopefully, everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Summer's officially over. One more trip to the beach, to the lake. I brought this up to you, Tate. That uh, you you notice how um, when people say they're going to the the beach or the lake, they never say like what beach or what lake Mm -hmm. they just say the beach Mm -hmm. and then their group of friends just kind of know yeah it's a generic now i find that interesting yeah the lake is even more prevalent these days yeah just going to the lake for the weekend yeah but no one's ever like hey i'm uh 
hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going up to Lake Norman. No one ever says that. They're just like, yeah, we're going up to the lake. And me and some buddies are going to the lake. And then you just know what the... Like, I imagine in Minnesota, it's the most confusing shit in the world. Like, there there must be so many times where, you're, like, one friend says to the other, yeah, meet me at the lake on Saturday. We'll be out there with the boat. And then they go to a different lake because there's 10,000 lakes up there. And they don't ever specify. Yeah, or the Canadians. The Canadians anyway. probably have a tough time, you know, with the Great Lakes. <laughs> probably a lot going on there. Hopefully, everybody got one last slice of summer. Um, it is officially not summer anymore now actually that's not true but uh labor day you know it, it, we're, we're getting back into the fo- fo- football is back school's back in session and tate rick patino is back on our television and in our radio and in our lives um and and that's what people want to hear us talk about because the patino book did come out we again i want to say uh are waiting for next tuesday when we record the pod uh it will be that, that will be our book club. We're, we're going to give everyone some time to buy the book, read the book. And also, next Tuesday is September 11th, and I feel like that's only right to, uh, you know, wait wait for then. It, Patino would have wanted it that way, you know? He would have wanted... To wait he, for... He would have wanted us to wait, as always. Yeah, he didn't want to go too early, right? Is that what you're saying? Is that Are, are you already putting that out there to the world? It's already happening? That is happening. what I'm saying. So, yes. but, but, so with that being said, like, we're not going to dive into the book itself, but... Patino is obviously a story right now because the man will not go away. He is he is doing a press tour like you wouldn't, but like has it ever actually ended is the question. No. Um he he just today, before like we're recording this at like noon Eastern, and he's I've already seen him on Get Up and mm-hmm. the Dan Patrick show. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows where else he's going to he's been doing interviews. He was on Francesa, I think, yesterday, I want to say. Where I, I saw Francesa tweeted today that like he thinks Patino's still going to coach. He's like, I I just I, I think the free hold on, let me pull it up. I got to find this tweet. He said, uh, after interviewing Patino yesterday, I don't believe the door is closed to his coaching again. I think there's a good chance he coaches again. He still has the bug, <laughs> but he keeps. He still has the bug. Patino and that, every, that was the phrase he used. He still has the bug. He does. Yeah, he has the bug, of course. But he keeps saying in all these interviews the same thing, which is my career is possibly finished. Or he switches up and says, I'm finished no, no, coaching. No. <laughs> he said today that this was the big, this is the breaking news is that today he has transitioned to, I'm finished coaching. He thinks he's done. Mm. I was watching him on Dan Patrick and and he said, I, I think I'm done. I think this is it. I wrote this book for closure. So I think like he's coming around and realizing, he, he, he I, I don't know if he's actually realizing it, but maybe he's just sort of feeling it that the more he's opening his mouth, the bigger hole he's digging himself. And, uh, I don't know, but today he said he's done, Tate. He's finally finished. Rick Pitino is finished. He finally <laughs> finished. Probably on time this time. It's probably right around time. He's 65 years old. You know, he kind of did it right when he needed to. The, the big thing to me right now is that he's taking on the governor of Kentucky. Uh, and the governor of Kentucky, uh, he's like me. I have not read any of this book. I have not bought this book. I was enjoying my Labor Day in New York City. I was uh, I was laughing at the idea of uh, Rick Pitino writing this book and it coming out. I was letting everyone else give their opinions first, like the Jay Billises, the Mark Tituses, the big Jays of the world. But uh, the governor of Kentucky said uh, he has not read the book, but these are the sad rantings of a person whose life has fallen apart. Does that sound about right? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and folks, I folks uh, that's not a general, like th- that was the exact quote itself. The sad rantings of a person whose life has fallen apart. There's no wiggle room there. Oh my... <laughs> And he hasn't read the book. And he, hasn't and he didn't read even book. read it. He's like, he's like, I don't even need to read it. Yeah. I already know that he said, these are I saw the, sad the cover. Rantings. I saw the so, cover. My story, the sad rantings. <laughs> so I'm a good. So as someone who is a good person, I, uh, I, part of me feels. I, I don't. I, I want to choose my words carefully. Like it, 
there is a human element of me. Like when I, I, I was watching just this morning, watching him on Dan Patrick, like, you, you know, Dan Patrick shows a show on TV so you can like actually see Patino's face as he's talking and all this stuff. Yeah. Like a very, very small part of me is like, man, I feel bad for this guy just because I, I, I genuinely like want people to, to, I don't know if you're going through something, a hardship in your life, like it'd be cool. I I'm, I'm a sucker for redemption. I'll put it that way. That's I'll just cut to the chase. Like if someone makes a mistake, falls on hard times, figures it, figures it out, picks himself back up and yeah. then finds success. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm happy for you. Congratulations. And like, part of me is watching this and is just like a very, very small part of me is rooting for Patino to figure this out. The problem is that he's, he, as we know, because he is coming in front, he's, he's doing interviews Every single day. He's coming so where? See this where is he coming? He's coming. I know. I, 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 I had to cut myself off. Dude, it's impossible to talk about Patino without double Chandra. It really, it, it truly is. Like, I don't even know how to, I don't know. I got to find a new vocabulary because every single word <laughs> is a pun. It's, it's amazing. Trouble. It's, all tr- um, it's all trouble. It's all problematic. He, he, uh, he, 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 but back to my point, he's, he's going and he's doing these interviews and it becomes clear that he has no idea what the problem is. He likes, he (laughs) has no clue. And, and part of that makes it like even sadder, but then the other part of it makes it more fun for us to laugh at. And I think that's like the point I want to make Tate is that Rick Pitino has become like the one guy. And and the reason a lot of people listen to our podcast. And uh, obviously we talk about Pitino a ton when we're not talking about Duke, we're probably talking about Pitino. Um, And the question might be why. And the answer is it's such like a perfect storm that we've arrived at this point with Rick Pitino where one like the the things that he did ultimately don't have a ton of victims like there are you could argue like you know having an affair on his wife you know his family's victims like obviously the the strippers the the they were towing the line with statutory rape and that thing like obviously some victims there probably um so there are some victims but this isn't like heinous shit going on like there are at some other places so there's that part of it where like we look at what Patino actually did and like what what happened under his watch, like like the hundred thousand dollars to Brian Bowen. That's not really a victim victim thing. So like it's easy to kind of laugh at like the the scandals that he was tied up in. Number two, he has not like even remotely apologized or is trying to repent in any way. He's he's mm-hmm. taking full responsibility, but at the same time, I want to make it clear wrong. I have nothing to do with any of this. Mm-hmm. Which makes it which means like it it makes it so much more fun to make jokes at his expense because. You know, if like a guy screws up and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm trying to get my life back on track, you might feel like an asshole for making fun of him. With Patino, he's going the exact opposite route, basically inviting everyone to rip him to shreds. And number three, the scandals themselves are just hilarious. I mean, I don't know, I'd like the detail, the idea of him going up on, on stage and testifying that he had sex for 15 seconds is absolutely hysterical. And this man, Tate, had three offenses that he could have been fired for. Mm-hmm. The... The affair with the fair in the and the restaurant paying for the abortion, all that shit could have been could have probably should have been fired for that. The stripper thing, prostitute thing, probably mm-hmm. should have been fired for that. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Brian Bowen thing probably should have been fired for that. And he eventually was. And it's incredible that like this man can over to can be in charge for three things, have everything happen that happened. And still sit here today and like go on TV and just be like, I don't really get it. You know, you know, Dan, I just. I, I I am the victim in all of this. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. And so, it's not and it's not just TV. Like he's on like Sports Illustrated now, like the video series. You know what I mean? He's going any and everywhere. They will let him show his face and talk about all of this stuff. And I love that every single time it says Rick Bettino shares his story, not the story, 
his story. You know, I mean, yeah. it, 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 everyone knows what we're doing here, but it is fun to l- just let Patino talk. You know, we, we we've never seen him be this candid. You know, he's going around. What did he say? He said you on one of these programs. He said UNC Duke run clean programs along with the rest of the ACC. I can't say for the rest of college basketball. So he's still defending the ACC just in case, you know, Pittsburgh or like just in case well, yeah, just Boston College, one of these schools opens up. You know, he's trying to stay in good favor with uh, with Swafford and the rest of ACC, which I really respect. I, th- I I don't think he's done. I think this media tour. I think this is the. Well, I, I no. think he's trying. I, I think he, if Larry Brown can come no. back to SMU, Patino can come back. That's what I think. I don't think he wants to be done. I, I think I don't think he wants to be done. I think he's going to be done by virtue of. Not like he's he's a hundred percent done at a meaningful program. I think yes, of course. I think that's pretty clear. Like he's not like like the schools you brought up. He's not coaching the ACC again. That's that can't happen, right? Like I mean, you can be cynical and be like, well, maybe one AD out there is, you know, college sports these days. I say you just in, never know. I Winning say NC money State. Matter. I say NC State goes after him. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Take a take a swing for the fences. I mean, they're destined for each other. They're perfect. So how is how is Kevin Keats fit into this equation? He, is he leaving? No, no, no. Or is he getting fired? Patino, he becomes head coach in waiting. Patino just comes back in. He's underneath oh, him okay. for a couple years. He learned some more things from uh from there, his man Patino. I think that's best case scenario for everybody. And then we get Patino versus yeah, Kay I, I, and Roy in Raleigh. I don't know. It'd be it'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Come on, I, Rick. I think he I think he wants to obviously still coach. Of course. Because even even him saying he's finished, I think is is just a like PR move. I think he's just trying to like figure out but but that goes back to the point that I want to make. He's trying that, to find sympathy. Any way to find sympathy. This man Dude, honestly, between this and like the Urban the way Ohio State handled the Urban Meyer thing, I swear to God, I need to open a PR firm for college coaches. Like I can make so much money telling these guys. It's 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 so obvious how Rick Pitino should handle this, and he's handling it the, the completely wrong way. No one wants to hear from no one wants to hear people like, and and, and especially multimillionaires bitch about being a victim. That's like a big thing. Is like it, it it almost doesn't even matter what the circumstances is. Like if you have power and money, there's there's almost no circumstance where people want to hear you be a victim, even if you have been completely fucked by some situation that you that yeah. has put you in. Not that. Another great example of a double entendre there, using the term <laughs> completely mm-hmm. fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, even even if like, yeah, I I don't I don't know what the even if you are completely a victim, no one wants to hear you play the victim card. They want you to hear you say like, here are the things that I screwed up. I take ownership of this. And honestly, like part of me as I hear Patino talk, like I I almost want to believe him because I I think that he genuinely believes what he's saying. He's got like the George Costanza going on. Like it's not a lie if you believe it, Jerry. That's Rick Patino right now. Is he's just like, I 100% believe myself as I'm saying this stuff. So as I'm like consuming all these Patino interviews, I'm like, man, I I want to get to the point where I believe this man because wouldn't that be something? If like, wh- what if we ha- what if we're all wrong here? Wouldn't that be hilarious? If like everyone was wrong, mm-hmm. um, but he's just going about it the wrong way. Like he's it, it, at the end of the day, you have to you have to if you're Rick Patino, you have to step back and be like. I was in charge of everything. Like if I, if you don't know what's going on, it's almost worse than knowing what's going on. And he just, I don't know. He, he doesn't understand any of this. Which, he just, in his mind, he's like, I won a ton of games. I, <laughs> I had nothing to do with the, the recruiting, the, with the recruitment of Brian Bowen. And I didn't know about the hookers. And like, he keeps like hitting those same points as like, I was very successful. My guys love playing yes. for me. I didn't know about the hookers and I didn't know about Brian Bone. And remember and all of that might be true. Those are all like, of his points. And remember 9-11. And also 9-11 and yeah. I can't see out of one eye. Yes. And all of that might be true. 
you still like you still have the thing with the in the Italian restaurant, which like I don't know how much you really need to get it. Like you need to apologize to your family more than us. I get all that. It's sort of a private thing, but at the but at the same time, like you're a public figure representing the university, and that was. Yeah. Really, really shitty way to represent the university yeah, is like the fallout of all that like shit. the rest of us. Like, why? What are you doing, Rick? Rick, not like yeah. this. And he, <laughs> not, not like this, Rick. Anyway, I I want to ask you, like, um, what is what is the the you know like there's there's like 15 years until something that's tragic can be funny. There's like six years before you can like get you know blackballed by society and you can come back like Barry Bonds. Like what is what is the Rick Pitino penance and punishment? You know what I mean? Is it gonna be like Lance Armstrong where he kind of well, eventually comes out and is like, "Look, you know I did this, but at the end of the day, like I did only have one ball, and I'm sorry, but whatever. Like I, I tried my best, you know." And then everyone hates him for a little while. Now, like Lance Armstrong's back, he's got a podcast. It's six years later, everyone's kind of like, "You mean you know? I, why are we being so mean to the Livestrong guy? You know what I mean? Like he still was pretty cool. So I, I feel like Rick Pitino has like a five to six year window where he kind of just has to get away." Maybe, you know, start a podcast in his own time and maybe like do some coaching over in Italy or something like that. Maybe go with Larry Brown in Italy. Yeah. Like that's, I, I think he can come back, but he's almost coming in too hot right now. Like we needed some space from the story. But what I'm saying is. Like we didn't need a 9-11 movie in 2004. Is, we needed it in like 2016. You know what I mean? Rick Pitino's, he, he's too close, it's too close to the moment right now. We all remember the FBI investigated you literally a year ago. It's very true. He he didn't give enough time to to everyone to like forget about him and and miss and him almost. That yeah. that that's the other part is like I'm speaking of missing him. I'm genuinely gonna miss like his teams. I'm I, I genuinely did miss it last year. Louisville being not even just Louisville, but the idea of like what the Louis like no, there's no program that was like Louisville um, on the court. I mean, just just the way they played and, yeah, and pressing and just and yeah pressing and the 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 two three zone that was also man to man and any other coach that tries to coach that is is just a disaster their style was so cool to watch and it was so um again i'm choosing my words carefully because this this man's so far inside my head i i I don't want to make a serious point (laughs) uh but no i really i really enjoy watching louisville and and i would miss them and i feel like you're, you're absolutely right like if five years go by and then rick patino comes out and he's like hey here's here's my side of the story of what happened all of that maybe more people will listen to him. But I, I think it goes back to the point of like, he just wants to get back into coaching and, but he's just handling it all wrong. The first thing you have to do though, Tate, if you want to, if you want people to get back on your side is you have to own it. And he's, he's not even sort of owning it. He's just saying the words, I take full responsibility. And he's like, I don't know how many times, you know, like the PR firm that I hired said, if I just keep saying, I take full responsibility, people will be on my side. But for some reason it's not working. I don't really get it. And that that's not what we want for him to say. We want him to, to acknowledge what it is specifically that went wrong, how you're going to fix this moving forward, and and he doesn't really get any of that, and it makes for hilarious stuff for you and I to laugh at. And but, I can't I can't wait to read this book. Yeah, I can't wait to read it here. But don't you think the the allure of Rick Pitino always was that he was basically Rick Pitino? He was like the Teflon Don. I mean, he wore that white suit. You basically you thought he was a mobster that was untouchable, and now that he's trying to be you know to show us sympathy and try to be like a normal person, I think the best the best way he could have done this whole thing is basically play that character, wear the all-white suit, basically don't take any shit from anybody, and say, prove it. Every single accusation, prove it. Do the Sean, the Sean Miller. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does like Sean, Sean Miller, Miller Al Pacino, yeah, Pacino? I don't get it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, another another cool thing I like about the Pacino book is it, I, I just realized this because I'm sitting in my office looking at the uh, the Bob Knight book I have on my bookcase. <laughs> um, I just now put the, the connected these dots. 
Patino's, the title of Patino's book is Patino, My Story. The title of Bob Knight's book that he wrote in 2002 after he was fired from Indiana and my- he, you know, let, let all his, aired all his grievances. It was called Night, My Story. No nice. way. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just the pattern. So, uh, I don't know. I, that, that, that's the, that, that must, that's the template for college coaches. Did you just say your last name, My Story? So I, who's my question? You take who's who's the next coach that's going to get the uh, last name? My story, Jim Beheim for <laughs> sure, definitely Beheim. Beheim's up Beheim, next. We're, yeah. we're 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 pretty close to Beheim. I will say, if I were to if I was publishing this Patino book, I would have changed it to My Tale. <laughs> that would have been the ultimate troll. But you know, missed opportunities in the world. Um, so I, I went to buy the book yesterday cause I, we were, I, again, we were supposed to record the pod yesterday and, uh, I wanted to, I wanted to have the book in hand when we recorded the pod and I currently do. I'm, I'm literally holding the book in my hand right now as I'm talking to you, Tate. Um, and I, I go to Barnes and Noble. It came out yesterday. Uh, so I go to, I go to my Barnes and Noble cause I, I didn't trust Amazon. Like I, I knew they were going to deliver, but I needed it immediately. I needed it the second Barnes and Noble open. So I go to Barnes and Noble. I'm walking around. I, w- I walk to the basketball section, and it's not there. So I go to like the the autobiography section. Not there. Nowhere to be found. <laughs> please Pull be in phone. fiction. Please be in fiction. Please be in fiction. Please be. <laughs> so I'm I'm searching on the Barnes and Noble um, website. Like, where is this book available? And it says it's available in the store I'm at. So I'm like, okay, obviously it's somewhere in the store, but I don't know where it's at. So I go I go get one of the workers and you know like the, the people who work at Barnes and Noble are not Jones and for a Rick Patino book. Um I'm not going to stereotype them, but they are not people who are privy to like the the happenings of college basketball, right? So I go up to like this old lady and I'm like, "Excuse me, can you help me find a book?" And she's like, "Yeah, what's it called?" And uh I was like, "It's the Rick Patino. I think it's just called Patino." She's like, "Sure, yeah, let me let me search." And she she's she's typing things away. And then she's like, she 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 looks up and she's like, "Hey Betty, do we have a Rick Patino book? And I'm just sitting there like laughing my ass off. And then suddenly like Betty hears her say something and she's like, call She's like on her radio. She's like, can we get a Rick Patino book? And like, it becomes this whole thing throughout the entire store that everyone's on the hunt for the Rick Patino book. And just hearing, hearing the phrases, like, can we get the Rick Patino book? Like, like making this like a big manhunt thing was so funny to me just to hear people talking about it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was like you had to be there situation. But, um, <laughs> it, it just became so funny, Tate. I don't know. I, I was really hoping that they would come back with rebound rules by Rick Patino and they, give it to you. And no, you're, they, like, and you're like, what the, what the heck is that? He already wrote a book? What? They spent tw- Wait, They what? spent like 20 minutes <laughs> trying to find this book as though it was like the most important book in the world. And I, I almost had to apologize. I was like, I'm so sorry that uh, I made you guys do this, but uh, this is kind of my job and I have to get this thing. And um, yeah, it was just, it was, I don't know. It was, it was just funny. I, I guess that's the point is like, I've gotten to a point where like Rick Patino's name is just funny to me. Just hearing like a bunch of strangers who don't even know who Rick Patino is just saying, where's the Patino book? I was just, I don't know. Well, I thought it was funny. It's because, and then I started reading it cause I couldn't, I, yeah, I couldn't resist. So I started it. I started it and, uh, I'm happy to report like, uh, I, I had to stop reading because I loved it so much, but, uh, in the, in the foreword written by Jeff Van Gundy, he called Rick Patino coach 14 times. I counted it up. He wrote three pages in the foreword and he called him coach 14 times. I loved it. What like, you- my, now my dream is for coach. My, my dream for coach is for some brave college athletic director to read this book <laughs> and to believe in coach the way our Providence team believed in him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just keeps calling him coach. Oh, how, I don't know. How many people passed on that Ford until we got to Van Gundy? That's the real question. You know? 
Like, how many people yeah. did Rick Pitino call until finally he was like, "All right, Jeff." Like, you're, Jeff was probably writing that at Team USA, you know, his little tryout camp or whatever down in uh, Colorado Springs. That's so nice. And and I will say this: Patinoed is a verb. You can get patinoed in life in so many different ways. I've been patinoed a few times, not to brag. <laughs> Uh, but congratulations. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's that's where we're at with Rick Pitino. I mean, he's just he's congratulations living, slash yeah. I'm sorry yeah. slash that's disgusting. He's just like so many things. Like he's a verb. He's an adjective. He's a he's a proper noun. He's you know a piece of shit. like he's everything. Like he's all of these things, and uh, it's a uh, it's great. One one more comment. We'll move on because I know people are. I I can't really tell. Like I I guess I want to ask the people the the people that listen to our pod. Like, are people over this? Or not? I don't really know. Like I, I, I've, I, I it's hard to say because, because you and I obviously love this, and I, I think like I will watch every Rick Pitino interview for the rest of the time. Like ten years from now, he could still be doing podcasts. Uh, you know, with with some high schooler starting a podcast, and and Rick Pitino's desperate for airtime, and he's going on some high school podcast. I'll listen to it because mm. I'm so fascinated by this man and just sort of how how little he understands about what is actually going on in his life and in this scandal. Um, but then I could also see other people just like annoyed, like why, why, are, why are Titus and Tate talking about this for so long? Like, let it go. Who cares? Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I I am more interested to see if he is going to be like the the Norm Sloan, Jimmy V, Lefty Rizel, like all these coaches that have, you know, unfortunately left unceremoniously from college basketball. But as time wore, wore on, you know, people just kind of like fall in love with the characters that they were and what they did for their programs, like Tarkani and all these guys. Um, I wonder if Rick will get that same treatment. I believe he will just because yeah. that's how things work in college basketball. We, ten, we tend to forgive how people leave no matter how it is. Um, but but I think for now, for the time being, he's going to get he's going to get blackballed from the conversation, except for Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale is the only one that's going to bring up Rick well, Pitino no, during yeah. all these ACC games. You know what I mean? He's going to be with Jim Babes. Well, like, and you look at Bayheim and Coach Kane, of course, you Rick Pitino. We miss him. We miss him, baby. We miss you, Rick. We miss Oh! <laughs> he was never found guilty of anything. Oh, look, my. Look, read the reports. Oh, my. A diaper dandy. <laughs> do you guys think that he's going to do the audiobook? Do you think he'll narrate his own audiobook? No, I think Dick Vitale will. You think so? I, I see. So. I see. He narrated one in two in two thousand that he did. So I mean, there's hope, right? So he's written two books already. It's called I, Lead to Succeed, dude. Oh my god, this is dude. Amazing. I hope Patino does his audiobook because he's gonna do the thing. Uh, the, the the thing he did uh, watching him on Dan Patrick this morning. So first of all, Dan Patrick was taking none of his shit, which was hysterical. Like like Dan Patrick would ask him a question, and then Patino like has his canned answers that he's going with. And he's trying to like, gar- he's trying to garner sympathy, obviously, because that's what his entire existence is at this point. Um, but he, he'd say something, and then Dan Patrick would just like there, there would be no follow up to that original question. And like, like Dan Patrick would be like, he, he didn't actually say this, so don't don't pretend like I, I'm not reporting that this is what he said. I'm just giving you an example of what, what it was like. Dan Patrick's like, uh, hey Rick, remember the uh, the prostitutes that you hired and and had in the the dorm room? And Rick's like, you know, Dan. I did not actually have anything to do with that. I didn't know nothing. If I would have known, I would have. And see, this is my problem. And then, then like Patino goes on for like 10 minutes, like saying the answer. And then Dan Patrick's like, hey, remember when you said Larry Burr's not coming through that door again? That was pretty funny. What about that? <laughs> Patino like, had this look on his face like, damn. So everything I just said, like didn't really connect. Shit. And then, and then he would try to do that again. And he's like, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it was funny. I, I take humor in things. I like humor. And 
I don't know. When does he um, when does he snap though? Do you remember like there was this fan that said something to, to Rick Pitino when he was leaving the Dean Dome a couple years ago and he like turned around and ran back at him like he was gonna fight him and, and everyone went crazy and the guy basically barely said anything to him and it came out. Like Rick Pitino is eventually gonna snap. You know, like he's he's like slowly in these interviews That's getting more point. and more mad at the questions that are being asked and the fact that these people are not, you know, getting on his side. He just doesn't understand well, what's going I'll, on. I'll tell you when he's gonna snap. He's going to snap when he becomes... So right now, he can get interviews with... I wouldn't say anybody he wants, but obviously some big... Play, like he's going on ESPN and he's doing Patrick show. He's, he's got to go on Jim Francesa. Rome. I want Jim Rome. Jim Rome should break him. Yeah, that, Jim Rome might go... <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's the that's the point when he snaps is when he starts like... like <laughs> basically, the big players in sports media are just kind of done with this shit and he's still desperate for airtime. So he comes to us. and then mm. And then he basically... He starts. He starts trusting people he should not trust because this is again his fatal flaw in life. That's this is this is every problem he's ever had. Is he starts trusting people he shouldn't trust. So he's like, oh, uh, what's this podcast? One shining podcast. Who are these kids? Oh yeah, the, you know this will be this should be a pretty good interview. I, I and, and then he'll start thinking like, I can own these kids because they're not as powerful as, you know, like they're not as seasoned media people as what I'm used to. So maybe I can really shove my narrative down their throat. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's what the kids um, are calling it these days, the narrative. Yeah, uh, that's what they call it. He's on good he's on Good Morning America right now. He's on Good Morning America right now with Robin Roberts. He just he's content he says it's over it, for me. We're giving you is live he seriously Good Morning America is, right now. Yeah, this is like Santa Claus, you know, when you're waiting oh for him God, to come dude. tonight and you see where he is in the world on these stupid maps. Like I'm watching Rick Patino and he's just bopping around. He's like slash. He's everywhere. Oh my God. Well, well that's that's what's gonna happen is like a year from now, he's going to be still trying to do all this stuff, and he can't go anywhere. And then he's going to trust someone he shouldn't have trusted, and it's going to be us. And then we're going to just ambush him, and then he's going to lose his shit. And he's going to be like, "Listen here, you little shit!" And like, we're going to do it in person, and he's going to grab us by our collar and yell at us, and it'll be awesome. It'll be exciting. And I'll I say, can't wait for that. I happen. just got patinoed again. I just got patinoed, dude. I think his play, though, and thinking about it, he he's got to be crossing his fingers for like a Jim Trestle situation. But I I don't really know how this is going to happen. So like the Trestle thing. The tattoos happen, right? And and when it happens, everyone was like, this is the biggest scandal in the history of college sports. Like, oh my God, players were getting money for tat or getting free tattoos and mm. and money for selling their stuff. And it was like the most shocking scare. I mean I'm still shocked by it. It, it shook college sports mm-hmm. to his to the core, right? And then like immediately after like the Jerry Sandusky thing happens, and like we find out that like basically everyone in the Baylor Athletic Department is Problematic and yeah. like all these, all these like very serious scandals happen, and then now we're at a point in 2018 where everyone looks back on Jim Trestle and they're like, I mean, he didn't really do anything that bad. I think that's what Patino's got to hope for. Is he's got to hope that like the FBI stuff. Maybe that's why he's going on this crusade. I, I think at the end of the day, that's why he's pissed off. Is that he's the one guy who's going down, and what? he wants like everyone else to go down with him. So then that way, when you look back on it, you're like, eh, Patino wasn't that bad. When you think about what X Y Z did. Right, because you have that's got to be why he's pissed off. Like, if you think about all the scummy shit going on in college basketball, and how many people, how many heads have rolled mm-hmm. from all the shit we know that's going on, and it's only basically Rick Pitino. He's got to be upset. He's like, I'm not even getting, I'm not even even getting the great recruits. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the one that lost my job over this. And he's like, I'm the originator. You know, like I slicked my hair back. You know, I went Pat Riley. I, I tried to do the exact same thing, but for college basketball, I let people shoot threes. I let Billy Donovan shoot threes for Providence. You know what I mean? 
He, he's he's upset because he thinks he should be treated like a pioneer in college basketball, and he's not getting that treatment. Uh, and he yeah, he invented he, he, he invented three point shooting. He invented the pick and roll. <laughs> he invented like the matchup zone. No, he no, no. Invented, Chris, like, yeah. Chris Paul invented the pick and roll. Chris Paul invented the pick and roll. Come on, you remember That's that? That's true. Chris Paul. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first guy to do that. Um, I I anyway. Yeah, it's very strange. This whole this whole Patino fallout. I I don't know where it ends. I don't know. I don't know what his end goal is. But I want to ask you who he thinks. Like who is he alluding to when he's he's saying you know there's nothing compared to what he was doing? Because let, let's be honest, some of these guys that were going to Louisville, I mean, they're you know for every Rodney Purvis or big name guy, there's the Peyton Siva that really exceeds expectations, or Luke Hancock, or even like Donovan Mitchell that was a four star guy that kind of blew up. I mean, he wasn't getting Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins, right? Well, what are you saying? <laughs> What are you saying? I, I mean, I'm just saying if you're in Adidas school and you're not getting the top Adidas guys, I mean, you're probably going to be pointing your finger somewhere. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see when he snaps. He's, 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 he's the, far the, from snapping. He's too early in the book tour. But eventually, once he gets to like Jay Mariotti's show down in Florida, you know, he might be on right, the verge exactly. of snapping. That's, that might be when he loses it. That's what I. That's a good point. It might not be like him snapping on the host because that, that when you said snapping, I was thinking like no, no, no. Basically, someone just confronts him, but I, I, it's gonna work the other way. It's gonna be like Dick Vitale interviewing and just egging him on and like, yes, Rick, keep going, go, go, go for it. Start naming names. I know you want to. By the way, it, what, what? Uh, already, it's pretty obvious that he's not naming names like we hoped, or else we'd be hearing stories about this, right? Like in the book. That kind of sucks because I I was I was sort of hoping that like he, he would just go in on Bill Self for the reasons you said. <laughs> like, Bill Self is the one laying on all these recruits, and he just start just start throwing people under the bus. But that doesn't seem to be happening. But yeah, we're gonna get that eventually. He's all gonna right. he's gonna eventually. Basically, when the FBI comes out, the FBI says we are now officially done investigating college basketball, and everything that you've seen happen is all we ever had, and the case is now closed. And basically, at the end of the day, Patino's the one guy of any stature that lost his job, that's when he's going to flip mm-hmm. and he's going to lose his mind. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. So who, who anyway, you, who do you uh, think gets remembered better? Bo Ryan in terms of just college basketball coaches, like with more favor as we talk about him on the air, is it Bo Ryan or Rick Pitino? Cause I think it should be, in my opinion, I think it should be Pitino just for what he did more, but I think Bo Ryan gets the benefit of the well, doubt. How do you mean? Just like, just in the How, way the way that, the question the way that they are discussed is in terms of just like great coaches in college basketball, you know what I mean? When they the affinity for them, you know, somehow Digger Phelps when you bring him up, people are like, oh Digger, what a great, you know what I mean? So if Bo Ryan gets brought up, people are going to remember that Wisconsin run to the Final Four, you know, all the good teams he had back in the no, day. Well, well, the answer is Bo Ryan. Like Bo Ryan, the general public is definitely the answer is Bo Ryan. Yeah, Bo Ryan finessed the hell out of his yeah. exit from what? Wisconsin. That's like, what I'm saying. Most, it's all about how you leave on your own the terms. All time. Get Dude, one of the head. all-time great exits. Yes. Like, th- they should hang a banner in the Cole Center, like, for Bo Ryan that just says, like, greatest exit in co- college history on how he he just slid out the back door with that scandal. That wasn't even a scandal, but, like, right on the precipice of the Me Too movement and all that shit. Like, the man just... He, 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 he finessed that so perfectly. He, 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 pulls the, he pulls the carpet out from under everyone. Right after back to back Final Fours and right before the Me Too movement. And if you don't, and if people listen, I guarantee there are people listening and they're like, what the hell is he even talking about? Just go Google the circumstances of Bo Ryan's exit from Wisconsin and you'll be like, oh, that's interesting. If that happened today, I feel like there'd be 
more people talking about this. <laughs> yeah, that would be something that people would really tune in for. Uh, but he finessed the hell out of it. He yeah. was just like, he was like, oh, I'm getting old. We went to the Final Four. I think I'm just going to quit seven games into this season. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Bo, thank you so much for the Final Fours. And then uh, no one really cared that much. It, it was it was, it was was beautifully done. But yeah, I don't know. The, the, the answer is Bo Ryan, though, to answer your question. People the, love, people are always going to be have more affinity for Bo Ryan. He's the snake Pliskin of Madison, Wisconsin. He got out. He escaped right on time. It was beautifully done. That's that's the problem with all the legacy stuff, and we joke about all the legacy stuff all the time, but uh, yeah. Poor Rick. Poor Rick. Um, I want to talk to you about Kansas. Yes. You just you just got me interested in Kansas and Bill Self and all that. We, uh, let's take a break though. We got to we got to we got to can I can I can I do one more before we go? We got to uh, get off Patino and um, go to something else. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back again before we do take the break though. Next week, get ready. More Patino talk. We're gonna read the book. It's not gonna be. We're gonna, we're gonna try not to rehash the same shit over and over because I know that does kind of get repetitive. Um, but I do want to read the book and kind of pick apart stuff and laugh at that because what well, it, because it's uh, is it still August? It's September now. It's Oops, September fifth. So what the hell's going on in college basketball? Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. Practice so, soon. Uh, we'll take a break though. We'll come back talk about Kansas some other stuff. Quick break to get away from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. ZipRecruiter sends your job over to 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. America. And right now, our listeners of One Shining Podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Tate, and what can surely not be a coincidence, we are also brought to you by the new season of Shameless. Perfect coincidence, right? That that Shameless drop in the bag for the Rick Patino talk. Premiering only on Showtime. The Gallaghers have moved up in the world. You know about Shameless. The Gallaghers have moved up in the world. They are facing new challenges. With reason and maturity. That's not right at all, Tate. That's not what the Gallaghers do. They are back in over their heads as usual. Yes, this is why we love the Gallaghers. The Emmy-nominated William H. Macy. Emmy Rossum, star in Shameless. Premiering Sunday, September 9th at 9 p.m. That is this Sunday, if my math is correct. 9 p.m. Shameless is back. Followed by the series premiere of Kidding, starring Jim Carrey at 10 p.m. You can stream it, watch it on demand, watch it live, but it's only available on Showtime. All right, Tate, we're back. Uh, we have spent the last three or four weeks, I think, talking about all the Blue Bloods. <laughs> we have made it clear that you and I are team Blue Three Blood. or four weeks? We, you we, mean a year since we started this podcast? The, yeah, since we started the podcast. Um, we Well, it, it wasn't meant to be this way. What happened <laughs> was uh, Kentucky went to the Bahamas and Cal loved his team and... We were getting that push from just the the Kentucky machine, Big mm. Blue Nation, mm-hmm. and everyone ESPN. being excited about the Bahamas yes. tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ESPN and all that kind of stuff. So we were like, oh, let's talk about Kentucky. They seem to be playing really well, and Cal loves his team. And then obviously the Duke thing, like, yeah, I mean, ESPN. come on. Yeah. Coach, if, Coach, if Coach K farts, I, I want to spend 20 minutes talking Smelling about it on it. this podcast. So, yes. Uh, we, we were obviously going to talk about that. And then uh, I was talking to you off air about Carolina, and we got really, uh, you piqued my interest and talked me into Carolina being good. And then I made you go on your impassioned rant last week about Carolina. Um, so that leaves us 
with Kansas, then and the Kansas fans are not happy with us. They're saying, "When are you going to talk about Kansas?" Um, I actually thought that they would enjoy not being talked about because under the radar. That seems to be yeah. That seems to be like like Bill Self has kind of found his groove with all of this, where he's just sort of he's like third. He's like number three on everything, and and you're going to take that as like a slight to him. I don't mean as a slight. I mean he's. He's handled it perfectly well. Like he used to be the number one guy who choked in March. Like he was the guy that everyone made fun of, right? Now we have Tony Bennett to take his spot and Sean Miller to take his spot. And now, like Bill Self, no one even really talks about him much, but he still kind of gets it. And they made the Final Four last year, but they got blown out by Villanova. And like no one was really going to, no one really wanted to make Villanova or jokes about Bill Self getting blown out to Villanova because it was like, well, they made the Final Four. He's, he's found his, his, his nice little comfort zone there. He's found his comfort zone with the Adidas shit, like all this mm. FBI stuff going on. Like you said, people are like kind of scratching their heads and they're like, uh, if if Adidas is corrupt and Kansas is landing all the top five-star recruits in the country, yeah. is the one Adidas they, school landing have, all the best recruits. They had the little flow chart that the FBI made and they're like, wait a second, if yeah. if Kansas <laughs> is Adidas and Silvio DeSosa wanted to go to Kansas because he was Adidas, oh my God. Right. I am human. But Bill Self has like, he's he's like finessed his way out of that too, where like yeah. no one is, you know, like even the Billy Preston thing happens and you and I joke about it, but like it's not really, it's sort of a thing, but it's not the, the number one thing. He's he's found his way to be like down the pecking order on this sort of stuff. And I guess that's my point is that Kansas has found their groove. They might have the best team in the country going into this season, but would you look at that? They might be ranked like number three. Because that's like kind of their new thing now, and Bill Self has like found his sweet spot, and he loves it. I wanted to. Do I, am I onto something here? Yeah. Like Bill Self, he wanted to be at the top of the mountain. Then he got to the top of the mountain in two thousand eight, and then he realized, I don't think I really want to be at the top of the mountain. I want to like hover a step or two below the top of the mountain, and mm-hmm. then make a push for the top every so often. Mm-hmm. I think that's his new strategy. For- and he's, he's executing it perfectly right now. First off, pecking order, I want to officially change to patina order, just in the lexicon of idioms that are used in the world. So <laughs> the patina order. And in the patina order, he is third. I think what Bill Self realized was everyone in college basketball thought that it was a mountaintop that you're all trying to climb to be the, the one at the top, the one that is at the peak. And then when you get there, you realize that it's like Mount Rushmore and you can just have four or five guys and we're all on the same level, basically. And Bill Self is totally fine just being off to the side by himself. Um, and being on that same level. And I think the the reason that I know that he's totally content with everything that he's doing is <clears throat> so he's got team he's got team USA basketball. So he coaches all these young kids, in, including Quentin Grimes, who comes in, uh, who's gonna be uh, an absolute star uh, for this team. I mean, he has all the tools in the world. He's a freshman. If, if you haven't watched any highlights of the guy, he's like basically, a combo two guard that can also play the one. But then they got this this other guy, Devin Dotson, who is a true, I mean, just like he's out of North Carolina, you know what I'm saying? So you know he's going to be good. Uh, he can play the oh, two. Okay, or, so two yeah, or, that's all. That's the all two or the three. Yeah, you know, so just really a good, good, true basketball player. We get Legerald Vic back. Uh, Marcus Garrett, obviously. Uh, you know, is Legerald Vic back? Yeah, Legerald Vic is back. There's no doubt about that. He is oh, back. Wow. Uh, that's weird. Best... I remember. I remember hearing that <laughs> Bill Self said he was. Yeah. Well, I want yeah, nothing to do with this. Marriage. I think he was still like he was like, wait a second, is the FBI like? Has anyone heard any update from that? And everyone's like, nope, still no facts for for us yet, Bill. He's like, all right, well, cool. I'm going to go up here and coach right, these kids. Okay. <laughs> it's like, go ahead and come back. And then, like, they asked him about DeSosa or whatever. They're like, is he going to come back? He's like, yeah, absolutely. There's no problem with uh, him coming back. There's no worry about the FBI stuff. So I think he's just in a great headspace. Uh, this team is obviously really, really good. Uh, Azubuki's back. Um, 
And then it's just like they're going to have, what, like four or five big Monday games in the Big 12. They're going to win the Big 12 as always. And they're going to be a team that a lot of people just like as, you know, they may not be number one in the country going into the tournament, but we think they're the best team in the country. And that's just what Bill Self's life is now. He's gotten past all the Bucknell jokes. He's gotten past all, like, you know, Mario's miracle really saved everything that could have been a problem for him. And he, his contract's up in, like, 2021, and someone asked him about it. Most of these coaches are like, well, you know, I want to figure out what the deal is. And he's like, it's cool. I know we'll figure it out. You know? Like, that's, yeah. like he's just chill living, his, like, just having the best time of his life. Like, no, no one wants to fly to Lawrence, Kansas to start a scandal with him. He's just like, look, uh, we're all right. We're doing okay. We're in Dorothy land. This is wonderful. He's the Wizard of Oz. He's untouchable. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's per, he, he's got the perfect Don't look behind situation. the curtain, though. It's a lot of Adidas bags. Do not, <laughs> a lot of Adidas bags. <laughs> Whatever you do. Just don't look behind that curtain. Do not look behind the curtain. Um, did you even bring up Lawson from Memphis? No. That's what I'm saying. There's so many good yeah. players on this team. They, like, they have like three or four transfers that come in that are all really good. And like I, like I watch Grimes play with Team USA with like uh, Kobe White and all those guys up there. And he's amazing. He's going to be great. Uh, and I don't know. Bill Self just seems super happy, and he, he doesn't seem very concerned about the media narrative around him. I guess because it's it's all positive for the most part. No one said anything bad about him, even though they Dude, got what? like Villanova played the best title game. I've one of the best title games as far as just as a team. You'll see. You know, there's nothing they could do. Yeah, well, you, you mean the Final Four game? I mean the Final Four game against yeah, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, what what self has to do though? You have to be careful with this. You cannot get stuck in the rut of hitting the same beats every year, where um, because that that's how People the narrative formed yeah. in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You you can't you, we we can't you can't lose to Oklahoma State and at West Virginia this year. Like you got to shake it up. You gotta you gotta lose. You gotta drop one. You gotta drop some game you shouldn't, and then win at West Virginia. And you know just you got to shake things up because if you start doing the same thing over and over. People are like, wait a second. I know Kansas is thirty-five and three, but are we sure Bill Self's a good coach? Yes. And like all that stuff starts coming back. Um, so he, he he has to be careful with that. I want to see. We know that they're like, they're probably going to beat the hell out of Michigan State in the Champions <laughs> Classic, right? And yes. That that's going to start. I'm trying to. I'm, I, is there schedule out? Do we have the Kansas schedule? Yeah. We know they're going to win the Big Twelve. Like I'm trying to think of like what's the play for how is Kansas going to like be different because that's that's the key to to getting people to to not be bored with you. Like I think Bill Self has found a sweet spot, but now the trick is like how do we convince the national media and how do we convince the Kansas fans that are that I mean just college fans in general you just sort of want more and want what's next and all that kind of stuff. Well, um the biggest how game do we kind of shake it up a little bit. The biggest game they have is Villanova December 15th. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so yes. when they play Villanova, that will be and then they have at Kentucky January 26th. So those two games will be the games that are primetime games that every single person will tune into and really see what this Kansas team is about. I mean, they're playing in the uh the NIT season tip-off, but it's against Marquette in the first game, which I mean, I I think Marquette's a pretty I mean, people are interested in Marquette, I think. I mean, just cuz of, you know, Wojo being there and Marcus Howard and, you know, I don't know. Marquette's made some noise before in the past. And Louisville will be up there. So we'll see Louisville for the first time with Chris Mack and Tennessee with Rick Barnes. So I think people will watch them in the NIC season tip-off. But when they play Villanova, people will really tune in and and, uh, and see who they are. And they play – the Kentucky game's at home, right? Because they played at Kentucky last year? No, it is no? It is at – Was that two years ago? No, it was two years ago. It's at Kentucky, yeah. So it'll be in Lexington, January 26th. Oh Lord! So that'll be a oh, that'll oh be a, yeah that'll be a prime time game in the middle of conference play, but we'll get Kansas at Kentucky. So 
Uh, that will be, and then they play at Texas the next game. So that's a that's a pretty tough back to back for them. Um, and we'll see, you know, what they're really about. Really, can I offer a, a a spicy hot take for this podcast? I think the uh, the Big Twelve SEC Challenge might be better than the Big Ten ACC. Well, of course, because this year because because we have to play the Big Ten. <laughs> I think we should just play ourselves they, they the ACC it. Challenge. They do it in the middle of, they do it in the middle of like conference play in January. That's the coolest part. And you get these matchups and like, like this year. First of all, the SEC is going to be incredible this year. I don't know if people are aware of this, but <laughs> we'll pump your brakes. <laughs> you don't think so, you, uh, dude? I mean, I think they're going to be good. You don't think? I don't. I don't. You don't I think don't, Tennessee is going to be really good? I think Tennessee is going to be really K- good. Kentucky might be the best team in the country. Yeah. Tennessee is going to be a top five mm-hmm. team. You don't even know. See, mm-hmm. you're a hater. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like I thought, if mm-hmm. anybody, you would be on the Tennessee thing because you're a Barnes guy, but you're not. I do love uh, Tennessee. Auburn is Just going to be you, Auburn. Yeah. If, get out of here with that. So I, I don't. That's that's where. If some you of think, those... hold on. If you think, if you think for one goddamn second that Bruce Pearl is not going to figure out a way to keep the momentum going at Auburn. Come hell or high water, Auburn is going to be good. Like he's gonna he's gonna do whatever it takes, and literally whatever it takes to make Auburn be good this year. So those are your, um, those are your three teams. Good? Those Mid- are your three teams. Florida. Okay, Florida Miss- are you saying Florida is going to be State. good? Mississippi State. Uh, I no, mean, I'm saying Ben Ben Howland. Yeah, right on the line of interest there. Alabama, I'm interested in just because you know uh, you know got to be interested in Avery Johnson at all times. I'm really interested in Vanderbilt. You don't I, think I, I'm not saying Vanderbilt's going to be good, but I'm just interested yeah. in them. The Drew family. I'm not saying there's. I don't have interest in the SEC basketball season. I'm going to watch all these games and enjoy them. But I mean, to say that they will be great as a conference, I don't know. I'm. I'm saying okay. I'm saying here's what I'm saying that the SEC, (laughs) as it stands right now, is going to be better than the Big Ten probably. Oh well, yes, of course, agreed. Actually, not even probably. I think it's like agreed. There's no question about it. Yes, exactly. And then so when you're comparing the SEC to the Big Ten, now the Big Twelve to the ACC is like. Pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, dude, LSU is going to be really good, right? Will Wade, we, we believe in him, or do we not anymore? I believe in Will Wade. Will Wade is the Kevin Keats of the SEC. Right. That's what I'm saying, dude. The SEC is going to be good. Tennessee, by the way, is is fascinating to me that Tennessee, they won the SEC, did they not, last yeah, year? Did they good... not have the SEC yes. player yep. of the year in Grant Williams? And... I mean, I haven't heard a single word about Tennessee. Like, I see Tennessee mentioned on on lists of these are the top teams coming into the year. These, but no one's even talking about Tennessee. Uh, I'm gonna call my shot, Tate. Next year, we're gonna get a lot of people, or, or like, not even next year, just like the the preseason this year. As the preseason stuff starts rolling out, and you see talking heads popping up, no one even knows how the hell Rick Barnes is doing this, how he did it last year, like who these players are on Tennessee. No one has any idea what the hell is going on. They just know that they're obligated to mention Tennessee. And so what we're going to see is people saying, I, I love this new phrase. I picked this up. Uh, I, I noticed this. People saying the job that he's doing down there in Knoxville is what they're going to say. Yeah. That's like the phrase. If you don't yeah. if you don't really know what the hell's going on, like I don't know anything about Rick Barnes' system. I don't know anything about the recruits he's getting. So I'm just going to say, you know, the job that Rick Barnes is doing down there in Knoxville is incredible. And uh, Tennessee has something going. I really think they do. And then that's pretty much the only the commentary. So look for that. That's what's going to happen. That's actually the perfect anyway. can line for everything. Uh, they play Josh Pass. Yeah. Josh Pastner plays Georgia Tech at Tennessee uh, like early in the season, <clears throat> and that's that's a good game to just kind of see where Tennessee really is because they they could blow out Georgia Tech, and then uh, you know people kind of freak out and bump them up. So Tennessee is probably the scariest team to me in the SEC. 
as far as like a tournament team. Because like Admiral Schofield, all those guys that they had in the tournament, they were just like badass dudes that didn't, you know, they they'll I don't know, they're just a physical team and they know how to play basketball. It's ten- so. Here's my question to you. If I told you sitting here today that Tennessee is going to win the national championship this year, uh, or, or someone from the future came back and was like, hey, Tennessee's going to end up winning the national championship, how shocked would you be sitting here right now? I would be I would be very shocked. I'd be very shocked. Just because I don't think that you, they're going to get the calls to win the national title, as messed up as that is. Tennessee fans will love okay. that. Tennessee fans will love that. By the way, yeah, yeah, Tennessee, yeah, yeah. I, I like how I like how you handled that. You said no, like all the Tennessee fans were like, "Fuck this guy," and then you brought it back around, and you're like, "Not because they're not good, but because the calls." And no. they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're probably right." T- Tennessee should have beat Carolina the year they won the national title in 2017. Tony Bradley hit a shot right at the end of the game, but Tennessee uh, got some very questionable calls down the stretch, uh, and I say that uh, with without bias. Um, they, they're a good team, but but they sometimes get screwed. Okay. The, Okay, so how about the final four then? Yeah, final like four. I final four, I love it. Final, final four, that's a great long shot bet, honestly. Okay, so then the follow up to that is we have Kentucky and Tennessee in the SEC. Both teams are are final four type teams that you wouldn't be shocked. I mean, how many other than the ACC, how many conferences could say that, that they have more than one of those teams that, like, if they made the final four, you wouldn't be shocked? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Maybe I don't you're know how much thought you've really given this. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. SEC is good. that matters, right? Yeah, it does. Like they have multiple teams that. And, and, yeah. if, and if you look yeah, at their, if you, you just apologize. Look at, yeah, I'll, I'll apologize. I mean, you just look at their roster too. I mean, I kind of, I mean, Grant Williams, Schofield, all those guys are back. And then this guy Jalen Johnson, I forgot he went to Westland Christian where uh, where Harry Giles went and uh, Theo Pinson, all those guys. I forgot that he was a freshman there. Um, and I watched him play when he was younger. He's really good. He's like a six foot seven shooting guard. I don't know. I like that. I like that team. Now you're talking me into Tennessee. I don't know. This is all. This is all early conjecture. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The SEC is going to be good this year. In the Big Ten, I. I was. I don't know. You, just hearing you say like Kentucky, Kansas made me think. Like I'm thinking about all the Big Twelve teams. Obviously, Kansas is going to be great. West Virginia is going to be doing West Virginia things. Of course, they're going to be out there. We got to go. Should, should we go to uh, Kansas at West Virginia this year? By the way, yeah, I think you should. I think go. that's my one goal this season. <laughs> <laughs> my one goal this season, I, I'm going to state my, yeah, yeah well, let's get the ringer to pay for it. What could possibly go wrong? Um, my one goal this season is uh, I want to be in Morgantown when West Virginia beats Kansas, and I want to go on the court, and I want to hold you on my shoulders, mm. and I want to sing Take Me Home, Country Roads. Can we make this happen? I want to dress up. Can we make up, this into like some content somehow? Yeah, I want to dress up like the Mountaineer <laughs> slash Daniel Boone. I'll start collecting bottles and cans. Perfect. I got you. Thank you, Kyle. Thank Have you, Kyle, Kyle dress up. Kyle dresses up like the Mountaineer and then puts us on his shoulders. Puts both of us on his shoulders. How about at the same time? You wear a Pat White jersey. I'll wear a Steve Slayton jersey, and everyone at West Virginia will love us forever. Mm-hmm. That's all it I takes. It. That's all it takes. Um, what what else is going on that we didn't talk about? Uh, we should say that we were in New York City. We uh, we were both in New York City this weekend for the start of college football, the home of college football. Brooklyn, New York, is where we 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 set things off um, with a TV that was what like thirty yards away. Couldn't read the score. The Maryland Texas game was on for some for some Maryland Dude. fans that were at the bar. Um, but we can had- I just cut you off for a second and say <laughs> can I can I cut you off and say that that Brooklyn uh, we we were in. Correct me if I'm wrong. We were in a, the neighborhood of Williamsburg, right? Which yeah. is like the Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the most Brooklynest Brooklyn to ever Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. So I've been to Brooklyn a couple times, not 
it, probably not in my adult life. Like I, I'm trying to think of times I've been there. Um, like I've driven through to go, I've been to the Barclay Center, but, but I've never like really experienced it. If that makes sense, I don't know how to really define this, but I've never really like gone to a bar and like been out amongst the people, and yeah. I've just done like the touristy bullshit. Um, my God, <laughs> it is it is just as advertised in the 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 media that I consume. the The jokes that are made about people from Brooklyn are could not be more spot on. They're not. I've I've now since realized they're not even jokes, Tate. They're just like facts. It's just like a, it's just facts. It was unbelievable. Yeah, we're we're trying to watch college football, and people are looking at us like I had so many guys with man buns and torn jeans and like non prescription glasses looking at me like, what what is it you want to watch? And I'm like, it's called football, <laughs> so uh, it's college football, mm-hmm. and they're just like, no, there's a music festival down the street. Are you interested? In that? Yeah, and I was like, yes, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for letting me know. Uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. We, we, we were kind of shook by the Brooklyn experience, but we had a great time. I will say this. I went to New York with not a great attitude, a very LA attitude about everything. I hadn't been, you know, since 2015, I went to the Giants Panthers game. Uh, and I was there with my family. I've only been in New York with my family ever really. And let me just say to all the people that live in New York, it is a great city. I had a great time. I really wish I had bought one of those I Love New York shirts. I had one of the best weekends of my life. Uh, Breaking news. Everywhere I went. More people should talk about New York being a great city. Oh, my God. The best. (laughs) It's an an up-and-coming city. Don't listen to anything that anyone else says about your city. I I know people make the jokes about the trash and the bagels and all the bullshit, but, boy, cool people, great times. Uh, I I loved it so much. Mark Titus, you you were, like, on the fringe line of loving the city. If I could have convinced you to come out all the way out like I did a couple nights, maybe you would have fell in love too. Oh, so so people are people first of all, people are wondering like why why were Titus and Tate in New York together? Um <laughs> We don't know. Like and by people I mean even Kyle is listening, like wondering, yeah, why were you guys in New York together? Kyle had no idea we were in New York. Uh, <laughs> we went there with three thing with three objectives. And three objectives only. Number one, we were gonna go tour the Saturday Night Live, Thirty Rock situation right yes that was that was going to be set up um number two we were going to interview jj reddick for this podcast number three we're going to interview our good buddy big cat from barstool for this part of my take we're going to interview him for this podcast we literally did none of those three things yes over three (laughs) We, we struck out we were we were over three, and not only were we over three, we were over three in like a we 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 didn't just strike out. We struck out like looking at every single pitch. We we struck out on three pitches, looking at all three of them. Yeah, there were no angels <laughs> not in the even, outfield. Did not even really get a chance to swing the bat. We went up to we went up to the plate without a bat in our hands and just stood in the batter's box and just took three straight pitches and then went and sat back down. So, um, yeah, I I mean I had I did, we still had a good time. Uh New York to me, I said this a thousand times to you. I'm going to say it again. I would love New York City if I didn't hate it so much. Uh, yeah. it's it's got a lot of cool stuff, but I'm just a Midwestern bumpkin and I get overwhelmed by the trash and the people and the the just kind of everything going on. I don't know. But I had a good time. It is fun. It's just like everything's so goddamn expensive. I don't understand how anyone lives there. Like you're like the one but your friend of the friend of the friend's apartment that we went to. He's got six roommates. <laughs> yeah. And he's still paying like two grand a month. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Are you shitting me, dude? 
Uh, like you realize you could buy like a mansion in Ohio with this with that, right? And and then the obvious response is, but then you have to live in Ohio. Yeah. And, uh, well, everyone's like, "What's that, Ohio?" But... That's the response. What do you mean? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Wait. But dude, trying to watch trying to watch college football in Brooklyn was was quite a trip. Yeah, it was a good time. But uh, we weren't. We in, did watch some though. Yeah, we did watch some. We weren't in Brooklyn very long. Uh, we were only there for like a couple hours. And uh, the best part was Big Cat was supposed to come watch football with us in Brooklyn. That's why we went to Brooklyn to go chase yeah. this man down, uh, a man of the people living in Brooklyn. I I asked you as we were in Brooklyn, like, what do you think the people that actually lived in Brooklyn like twenty years ago thought when they saw like the first person, first white you know girl walk run by with a headband and a <laughs> and a Walkman on. Were they just like, what is that? Like, what is going yeah. on? Uh, they, Brooklyn is taken be- over by by the the, the elites of the world. Um, it, it is unbelievable what it is now. It's a beautiful place. But uh, Big Cat told us he couldn't come watch the game, but he was tweeting the entire time. Uh, so mm. take that for what it is, America. We felt bad he was That's sick. That's the one time, yeah. Quote, unquote. We felt we're, bad. We're, by the way, he, he definitely listened to the pod because um, I've, I've de-blurred him a few times where I've like, you know, throwing out the the feelers, and then he's he's responded to me. Like I've asked, he, he said like, "Hey man, listen to the pod," and then I'll I'll test him on it, and then he'll actually. So I know he's I know he's listening to this, and I know he's going to uh, he's going to text me about it. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much the only reason we're bringing this up is just to throw him under the bus and say, "Listen, Dan, we uh, you told I, I I texted you, I didn't get a response back for like eight hours, but then I look on Twitter and you tweeted thirty times. Yeah, so, you mm-hmm. know, I don't mm-hmm. know." Interesting. Off his computer, though. Very, very interesting. He was on his, just on his computer. He didn't have his phone on him. You, you can always believe that. Um, <laughs> what, uh... In the words of Matt uh, Farrell, love what, the guy, what? but f*** him. We had we had so much fun just like wandering around the city. We were making so many jokes about New York. Titus was being so sarcastic to these people that we were hanging out with, saying, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. They weren't quite getting the fact that it was all sarcasm. They thought he was actually from Ohio and was overwhelmed by the concrete jungle that he was in. Uh yeah, it, yeah. it was all yeah. it was all great. We had a great time. We had some nice people come up uh, that were friends of the program uh that said some very kind words. Oh, you, you, no, you left out the funniest part. We meet uh the, the best the best story that happened the entire weekend which just kind of speaks to how lame i am but uh the best story that i was involved in was these these girls come to the apartment that we're at and they walk up and they they're meeting tate and i for the first time and they're they say like uh one of them goes turns to me and he goes so uh where are you from and i said ohio and she just goes oh okay and just kind of like bobs her head and then she turns to tate and she's like so where where are you from? And, and Tate's like, well, I'm from Carolina, but I live in L.A. right now. And then the girl's like, oh, really? Okay, so L.A. And she just like starts talking and asking Tate a million questions. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. And I called her out on it. I was like, you 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 heard me say Ohio, and you just like, your face just went numb. Like, I have no idea what to even yeah, bring she, up. I can't just, even fake it with In her guy. mind, she just but said, as pass. As said LA, she's, pass. Like, like when Tate said, I'm from L.A., her eyes, she's like, oh, thank God. Someone I can talk to <laughs> yeah. about something because, oh my holy God. shit. <laughs> Someone that understands fucking something, I'm going to say. <laughs> it was oh, funny. God. Uh, the Ohio bias in New York City. Wow, we saw it out and about. Um, but we did, I mean, I wish we could have watched college football in Ohio, and that's the whole point. You know, a lot of a lot of this stuff, you just don't I get watched, the same emotions, you know, not being in the places where I got they, a few college football thoughts, by the way. Yeah, please. A few college football thoughts. Number one, uh, Nick Saban not making a decision with the quarterback, but also making a decision with the quarterback. Like, what the hell is going on here? Like, I saw I saw he snapped on Maria Taylor, and then yeah. I saw people— Don't do that. You, you, 
pe- people rushed to Maria Taylor's defense, obviously, because like it was kind of a harmless question. But then other people were like, I don't blame Saban. He's been asked this question seven billion times, and why could why are people still asking him? The whole the whole situation is just like bizarre to me that Nick Saban is a guy who is just like his whole reputation is like I will stab my mother in the back if it means <laughs> getting me one more five star recruit. Like mm-hmm. if that's what it takes, I will do that. Mm-hmm. I have no empathy. I don't care. I'm a robot. I win football games. Like this is his whole mo. And then now suddenly, like he's really scared to hurt Jalen Hurts' feelings. I'm re- I'm really confused by this part, Tate. I d- I don't really. I mean, I think I think like the one thing that makes the most sense to me is that. He's scared that Tua it might get hurt because he he scrambles and plays more recklessly or whatever. He's scared that he might get hurt and he wants Hurts to stick around so he can be the backup and he can go back to the old way. I like think that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But he's putting out this thing of like like people are rushing to his defense. Like I don't blame him. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to throw Jalen Hurts under the bus and say he sucks. And it's like when has that ever stopped Nick Saban before? Like Never. any other situation. No. If, if this was like a, a battle for the right guard position, he would tell the the second string right guard. You fucking suck. Mm-hmm. You're not playing. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't even think twice about it. But now all of a sudden he's got like a soft spot. It's very bizarre to me. I think you might have grandkids. Once you have grandkids, apparently you get softer. That's what I've been told uh, by older Is that coaches. What happens? Yeah. Uh, but I wanted Jalen Hurts to do it. Did you watch Flight of the Concord? Do you ever seen that show? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Hurt Feelings. Jalen Hurts should do Hurts Feelings. Oh, yes. And he should just sing that song yeah. and do a parody. That's what he should do. He wants he wants sympathy, just like Patino. They're in the same plight right now. Right, like Jalen Hurts <laughs> wants everyone to feel bad Jaylen, for him. It's like Jalen Hurts, you were blowing the national title game, like and Tua saved their ass. We people we don't forget. Yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> like that's I the quarterback now. Like Saban. <laughs> like you think if, Drew Bledsoe was, went up to Tom Brady and was other, like, "Hey man, you mind if I right. just start now?" And Brady's like, "No, dude, I took your job." Sorry. That was like eight years ago, asshole. People don't forget. Well, the other the other thing is like if this was in, if this was a different program, if this was happening at Nebraska or something, I could see it being more delicate or whatever. But this is happening at like the one place. It's it's Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, like the two people that this is just like no one really. I don't know. I guess I guess you could argue Urban Urban did it with J T. Barrett. I guess yeah. Like everyone wanted. Dwayne oh, Haskins, who's the let, quarterback now, we, to play, and Urban, Urban had a soft spot for JT. But it's it's just so bizarre to me. That's their entire reputation. Is like, I don't know. Urban Meyer has definitely I'm lived up to his, until, his his reputation as I give zero, you know what, about any of this. Yeah, uh, yeah, Urban yeah. Meyer, my and, other, my other, <laughs> he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my other um um college football thought: the Notre Dame Michigan game is is I, I saw that Notre Dame jumped up to ranked eighth in the country, and mm, as classic. someone who grew up in it as someone who grew up in Indiana as a non-Catholic and then now is an Ohio State alum um I gotta say the Notre Dame Michigan game every year is like just the Super Bowl of hatred for me mm-hmm. and I I it's so funny that like the winner automatically gets the as like oh shit this team is good and like now Notre Dame is like ranked it's 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 the, it's the Maui Invitational of college football basically it's like if you win that game you're definitely in the top 10 no no questions asked it doesn't even matter and then i don't know it's like like notre dame is going to go on and and lose like four games but then people are gonna be like but they did win that michigan game but Mm -hmm. then you look at michigan's record and they're like eight and five and i don't know it's very it's very funny to me how that works every year it's like they it's like they're all like in the same game you know as long as they play each other then people like whoever the loser is still has some sympathy i will say i have a friend of mine that works in the steel industry in detroit uh, and has to go to ann arbor a lot to recruit kids uh it's actually worthington industries you know i'm talking about columbus ohio uh he was telling me that everyone in the plant cannot stand jim harbaugh because he doesn't yell at his players 
and and he needs to yell at his players because his players aren't disciplined. And that is the most steel commentary I've ever heard. But it feels like something Detroit would really buy into. And if they fire Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. that would be colossal mistake, right? Like who else? Like who's who's a bigger name that's going to come to Michigan at this point, dude? Like I don't understand. Honestly, it's wild how that's already honestly, coming out. Honestly, this is. I'm going to get accused of of doing shtick, and and it's fine. I probably deserve it, but uh, I think I genuinely pity Michigan football. And and that's like that's almost more offensive to Michigan fans I know than if I just came out and said like Michigan suck it Ohio State we're better than you all that kind of stuff but I never I never really hated Michigan football because again I grew up in Indiana um, and if I hated a football team it was probably Notre Dame and I didn't even really care about college football I mean I watch it but I cared more about basketball uh, so I never really hated Michigan until I got to Ohio State and like basically people just indoctrinated me and were like you have to hate this team and I was like why do we hate them again like don't ask questions just hate them. Yeah, they're like, then, they're like they're smarter than us, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, they're smarter. Yeah, they're smarter than us, but we're better at football. And I was like, okay, screw those guys. Um, but then I get so the first the first Ohio State Michigan game that I got to Ohio State, the first time I like I ever cared about Michigan in any way was the uh, number one versus number two game in 06. Mm. Ohio State wins that. Yep. it was awesome. I was like, oh, I get it now. I get why we hate Michigan because like this was for the chance to go get blown out by Florida in the national championship. This is awesome. I love this. Uh and then since then, we've just destroyed Michigan in every game except for one when we didn't have a coach and we were starting a true freshman quarterback and Michigan had the best team they've had in 10 years and they still only beat us by a touchdown. And my point is, Tate, like, I, I, I can't figure out a way to hate Michigan. Like, I, I don't actually hate Michigan and I sort of feel bad and I hope it works out for Jim Harbaugh because, um, I don't know, I've, I've, I've gotten to a point where I'm just kind of like, I would love for Ohio State Michigan to matter again because I I people tell me like you should have been here for the '90s man like if you were an Ohio State fan in the '90s we used to always lose to Michigan and this is awesome now and I don't doubt that but I wasn't here for the '90s and now it's just like like do we really have a rivalry I'm I'm very confused by all so I hope Michigan figures it out don't fire Harbaugh but I don't know how they're going to turn it around like how do you get like Michigan's they just steal recruits from Ohio and if you're like mm-hmm. a great recruit from Ohio how are you going you're looking at Ohio State Michigan who's saying like I want to go play for Michigan right now over Ohio. I don't know. I don't know. And even when they get those five-star guys that go there, like Jabril Peppers, that are like the saviors of everyone, and they're going to be next Charles Woodson, they're just not as athletic and freaky as you think. Because Well, I mean, that's the... you know, Dude, that's the problem with Michigan and Ohio State is like, Michigan, it seems like when you follow the recruiting, they'll land a five-star guy, and he's the savior. Like Ohio State, Gary. when they land the five-star yeah. guy. Yeah, when Ohio State lands a five-star guy, it's like, we got another five-star guy. Cool. Like, <laughs> throw throw him in with a pile of other five-star guys. Yeah, and we'll see who plays. current... Yeah. Situation. So, anyway, we that, enough with the college football. That, Anything that's, else? Before that's we college. Go? That's college football talk for you. Uh, one last thing, I want to say congratulations to the Capel brothers. They're doing a great job up in Pittsburgh. They got Julius Peppers on campus, uh, recruiting the kids. I, I love everything I'm seeing from the Capel brothers. I love that they are the. They're doing it together, Jeff and Jason. It's good for the brand. Good for the rivalry that they've come back together, and it's good for the ACC. I'm Pitt basketball. It's coming back. That's all I got, Mark Titus. Oh, dude, it's definitely going to come back. There's no question about that. Was there ever a doubt, Tate? J-Pep. I love That's, it. Uh, my last comment before we go is uh, I had my brain melted as I was shopping for the Patino book. Um, I came across the uh, the uh, ESPN book. The uh, Those guys have all the fun. You know that book? That James was, Andrew was it, Miller. Two years ago, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the James Miller book. So um, I, 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 I kind of missed the cycle of that book like when it came out. I remember it coming out, but I never actually paid attention to it. So I go on Amazon to like look up if it's any good. I'll probably end up buying it and reading it at some point. But uh, I've read it. I'm, I'm reading reviews on, Am- on Amazon about this book, right? 
Mm-hmm. And and it hit me. And try to stay with me here, Tate, because this like melted my brain when I thought about it. And and I was stone cold sober, by the way. But this this will you won't feel stone cold sober when I explain this to you. So what happens in this world is people play sports, and mm-hmm. then people at ESPN comment on what they're seeing people doing playing sports, right? Then this man, Andrew Miller, James Miller, I'm sorry, James Andrew Miller, writes a book about the people watching the people playing sports. And then the Amazon reviews are about a man writing about people watching people playing sports. And I was just like, how far can this go? How, 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 how many levels of this can we get to? You know, yeah. Like, can, can I? Re- and then, and then, oh my god, dude! You can write actual. You can actually like review the reviews, can't you? Can't you like comment on the reviewers? Like yes. the the level of uh of of analysis is incredible. It just it's, it melted my brain. I was like, holy it's shit! It's the inception. It's happening on the Ringer NFL feed right now with our podcast, and it's also happening in the book world. We keep getting. It's all layers in this life. Layers and layers and layers and layers. Like this, I don't know. Like a sandwich. I don't know. It, it, that sports are played. They talk about the sports. They talk about the people that talk about the sports. You talk about the people that talk about the people that talk about the sports. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and eventually you realize you're just that talking to yourself. And then, and then it's yeah, all over. That's what, I, that's what I do with my life. <laughs> uh, I'm coming to LA. What is it, like four weeks from now? I'm moving out there. Yeah. Temporarily again. Middle of October. We'll see you. We're, we're ready for I'm you trying to get to here. Do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it permanently eventually. Uh, we get we we got some things to sort out. Um, in Ohio, you know, it's not just it's not just me moving. Other other factors come into play. So Mose, talk to other people in your life. And yeah, yeah. Mose, you got to yeah. talk to Mose. Mose isn't going to be happy yeah. About and Moses, that. we got to talk to Moses. Moses, we have to figure out is Moses on board with this move. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out to LA though. I'm definitely coming out for a temporary time. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, appreciate everyone listening and all that kind of stuff. Um. Do I have any other comments? Do you have any other comments, Tate? No. Read the book, y'all. Yeah, read the Rick Pitino book. Oh, yeah, read the book. We'll be back next week. We love New York City. We love our listeners. We love the friends of the program. We love Kyle, even though he's going to leave us very soon for Ryan Rossillo and, you know, probably, you know, some Joe Rogan gym podcast or something. I don't know what the hell he'll end up doing, but he's going to do a lot. He's going to do a lot more. He's going to leave us. But for right now, we're having a great time. We love everyone. And Titus, save the crew. This episode is brought to you by the new season of Shameless, premiering only on Showtime. The Gallagher's have moved up in the world and are facing new challenges with reason and maturity. Wait, what? Wrong show. The Gallagher's are backing in over their heads as usual. Yes, this is why we love them. The Emmy-nominated William H. Macy and Emmy Rossum star in Shameless, premiering Sunday, September 9th at 9 p.m. Go check it out. And after that, watch Kidding, starring Jim Carrey. It's a very funny show. Thanks for listening.